Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. We're the best team in the NBA. That's just true, baby. That's just true. And welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys by the fans. That is us. As always, intro and outro music provided by Park and Main. Check them out over at parkandmainband.com. Give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at so says J Paul. At Dervish of Whirl. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA and Fanning the Flames along with the Phoenix, the Suns Jam session, also known as the Bryce of the Sun Podcast Network, is available on all podcasting platforms. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And also available, of course, on brightsideofthesun.com. So carefully leave us comments. Please don't. I don't want to hear it. I really don't, actually. So, <laughs> the Suns are now 5-0 and in the bubble. Best team and in the NBA. And as Paul said, the best team in the NBA. Today, against the Heat, it was a little bit dicey, a little closer than I think we all wanted, but at the end of the day, they pulled it out, and that's all that matters. So, Paul and I, obviously here to run down, recap, discuss that game. We'll discuss whatever else comes to mind, because that's how this podcast works. We... Have don't have zero a rundown. planning, no rundown, no nothing today. And on top of that, we're joined by some friends. We are joined first, no offense to the other two, but I will say first of all, by Evan I Bark Barkanic. Is that right? Exactly. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed. I love it. It's Why nice to actually either of our last names. <laughs> I know. It's nice to actually like question somebody else's last name besides my own. So Evan is a big Suns fan. He's on Twitter. He's been at the Zoom parties before. Uh, Evan, why don't you uh, give yourself a little uh, little plug with your your uh, Twitter handle? Let let, my, let the folks know who you are. My Twitter name is Evan Barkanic. Uh, B A R C A N I C. Um, yeah, I tweet a lot about the Suns. Actually, it's the only tw- thing I tweet about um, nonstop during games and anything that's on my mind. So go give me a follow. Love it, love it, love it. And we've got two other guys here with us. Two guys who are very near and dear to my heart and to Paul's heart. At least one of them is near and dear to Paul's heart because, Johnny, I, like, I don't think you and Paul have ever actually interacted before. But we've got, Shard, no offense, but I'll go with Johnny first. Jonathan Braverman, bravo. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Thank you for letting me join you. Uh, long time no talk from the Red Couch days. Yes, 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 yes. And we also have Shar Bamani. Shar? 
It's good to be back with you boys. Cupcake, you're also near and dear to my heart and you will always be near and dear to my heart. So thank you for that intro. And as far as the self-plug, I just want the people to know that I am the self-appointed president of the Javon Carter fan club. Um, although no, that's his point mom. Is, I was just about to say that, <laughs> you know, me and me and mom are going to have to duke it out from there, but I, I'm happy to take on a co-presidency if, you know, she's down with that. Um, also I am working on, I am the architect of the not yet existing Javon Carter is the truth.com website, uh, which will hopefully be coming to an internet near you at some point. Nice. Is that a conspiracy theory website? <laughs> All about Javon um, Carter? It's, it, it is no conspiracy when it comes to Javon Carter, my friend. That's only the truth. 20 points today? <laughs> I, 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 wish, I wish you all could see Shar's face when Paul said that, because he was like, I don't know what that means. It meant nothing. I, I don't know where you're going with this, Paul. So, all right. I don't know. You know hey, hey, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. But you know why? Because I feel like Shar started this off perfectly, because the guy who we should be talking about right now is Javon Carter. Look. We had a game today again. Suns win 119-112 over the Heat, move themselves to 5 and 0 in the bubble, moves them move themselves what? Half a game behind the Blazers if I'm not mistaken, is that right? I believe that is correct, sir. And push themselves a little bit closer to actually controlling their own destiny here in the bubble. And Every game that the Suns have played so far in the bubble, it's always seemed to be that there's one player that steps up. I mean, you're going to get what you're going to get out of Book. And Book had a great game today. Book went 35 points on 15 for 26 shooting. 0 for 7 from 3, but we're not going to worry about that because that means he was 15 for 19 from everywhere else. Scored 35 points. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 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 that guy on the Jazz who some people for some reason compare Devin Booker to, I think scored like 35 on 33 shots or something like that. I don't, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, and he got now. is not his strong suit. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm not a mathematician, but I, I think you're right about that. But, but let's, let's talk about our team. We don't need to, we will, talk right. About well, I'm moving on. Team. Stop, calm down. Shh. Easy. Okay. That's self destructing in front of our eyes. And DeAndre Ayton today, again, a guy who's performed well for Suns, he looked like he played terrible. He put up 18 and 12. And he came through with, I believe, eight and six or eight and five, eight and five in the fourth quarter. But again, every game you've had somebody step up. We've seen campaign step up. We've seen Cam Johnson step up. Today was Javon Carter's opportunity to do that. He finished the game with 20 points. Amen to that indeed. He finished the game with 20 points on seven for 10 shooting, six for eight from deep. And add in four rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. The block being the key because the block is the, the play that we all remember. It was actually counted as a block. I feel like it was probably more of a steal, but whatever, it doesn't matter. So you know what I'm going to do to start this off? So I'm going to say, Shar, since you are the president of the Javon Carter fan club, self-appointed. Thank you. The dictator you. of the Javon Carter fan club. I am, going to, <laughs> I am going to let you start us off. And just share, share, share with us your thoughts, your feelings, your love, admiration for Javon Carter. Ruminations. You know, Justin, I got to say in the year or two that I've been away from this uh, podcast that you and Paul uh, so graciously We have not gotten a better one lick. 
<laughs> well, no, I was going to say this podcast has become more sensual. You know, I didn't remember this many feelings and uh, emotions being shared before. So I commend you guys for keeping with the times and, uh, you know, really, really reaching into that inner manhood. We are the it. podcast of optimism, my friend. <laughs> we are also are. the podcast of love. <laughs> you guys, you guys definitely are. Um, yeah. So about my man, Javon, I mean, for, you know, you and Johnny, and I think Paul still follows me on Facebook. If he hasn't defriended me in the last couple of years, I think I've been trying to, all right, sweet. I think I've been trying to get this Javon Carter is the truth hashtag trending since, uh, training camp this year. And of course, uh, all my attempts to get anything to trend on Twitter or Facebook have failed other than one shot in the dark, uh, after the final episode of game of Thrones would worked out for me. So I guess I'll always have that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, in the Javon Carter corner since uh, the beginning of the season. I think that guy, I mean, I think the thing about him that I love is that, you know, he can impact the game without scoring a single point. So he's that guy that makes two or three plays every game that doesn't show up in the box score, but he, but it impacts the game and it's positive. And, you know, you're just waiting for him to find a shot and find his offensive game because that matters, especially in today's NBA. Um, but when he does and he starts scoring that way, you know, coupled with that defense, it's, it's tough to take him off the court. And I think you saw him get a lot of crunch time minutes that may have gone to Rubio or what, you know, we had Cam Johnson sitting on the bench at the end of this game. So it was, it was nice to see the big, big dog eat today. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was actually shocked when I looked at the box score after the game and I saw Carter was six for eight from three. I don't remember missing two, frankly, like everything that dude threw up today seemed like it was going They're probably in. early. And yeah. And, and here's the thing that I look at and then I'll, I'll, I'll allow others to chime in. Javon Carter beyond that 20 points won this game for the Suns because there was a stretch in the fourth quarter from if my notes are correct. Seven thirteen left to four twenty three left where Carter did literally everything for the Suns. Started off with a basket, and then he came back down, and he had what might have been like the worst shot I've ever seen anybody take. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. He got to the baseline. It was him on Bam, and he tried to do this like weird turnaround fadeaway. Right. And Bam right. was like, yeah, no, bro, yeah, that's not mine. happening. <laughs> yeah. And so he blocked him. Carter, being the bulldog that he is, Keeps going with the play, chases Bam down court, gets that block, as I'll call it, but he stripped him going up. But we'll call it a block. The NBA apparently called it a block, whatever. Strips him going up, controls the ball, takes it up court, gives the dish to Aiton for the easy layup. Two huge, two huge plays with one huge mistake, but completely made up for immediately after the mistake. And then the next six points for the team were also scored by Javon Carter on two threes. And, and that was really, I mean, you look at it, that's, that's really from the BAM block, right? Then, <clears throat> excuse me, then the Aiton score, <clears throat> that right there is a four-point swing. You add in his two additional threes, that right there is a 10-point swing for the team, all because of Javon Carter's play right there. So that three minutes of ball by Javon Carter, notwithstanding that one mistake, Won the team the game as far as I'm concerned. Paul, what do you think, bro? Actually, no, 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 no. Yeah, Paul, be quiet. All Evan, right. what do you think? <laughs> Did you say Evan? Yes. yes. Okay. 
Um, I my personal favorite thing about Javon Carter is probably the thing that sticks out most, and it's his defense. I yep. love players that can like kind of just forget about whatever mistake they made and just get right back on defense, like you just said. You know, when he threw up that horrible shot and got right back on defense. My least favorite thing in a player is when there's a foul called on him or, you know, like not like a no, a no call and they just kind of stand there and protest instead of getting back. That's my favorite thing about Javon is he can just forget about that joke of a shot that he tried and then just get right back and make that play. I think that was perfect um, on his part. And I remember another shot that he made that looked exactly like Book's game winner against the Clippers. And he sort of had this like turnaround, like spin in the post. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then it goes in and I'm like, I'm not going to question it. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I agree with everything you said. I think he was a huge part of today. Um, I'm looking at the box score. I mean, three assists too. He moved the ball. I mean, everybody's moving the ball. We had 27 assists, which I think is uh, less than we average. But I mean, we still did a good job moving the ball, like always. Four rebounds. He like what stood out to me also is that he guarded Bam one on one, like in the post multiple times, and Bam has like seven inches on him. Like he, I, I remember that six. possession. I remember yeah, that possession. I kept screaming, "Don't help him!" They kept. I think it was Aiden that kept trying to come over and help him on that possession. And I kept screaming, you don't need to help him here. He's got him. I mean, he's Bam's not going to be able to back him down his center of gravity. So, yeah. Yeah. How many 6'2 point guards in the NBA can guard a 6'9 center? Like, like multiple Seriously. times. It wasn't even like a fluke. It was just multiple times in a row. Just they'd give Bam the ball and he'd, you know, try to back him down and ended up having to pass it out or something. So, obviously shot great. Obviously played great defense. Um, he had a... He was plus 11 this game, which is more than anybody else. Um, so, yeah, I I think he played great. I think he was definitely the Carl's Jr. son star of the game. Um, and, yeah. Well, that's just because the, they should rename that the Carl's Jr. son star of the game, not Devin Booker. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and the thing with, you know, the, the thing with Javon is, and Eddie Johnson brought this up during the telecast, it's that dude's not, that dude's going to play his game. And, and he, he, and the way Eddie Johnson kind of framed it was, we're starting to see a little bit more of that type of confidence out of like Cam Johnson. Javon Carter is going to be on a court with Devin Booker. And Javon Carter, if he's hot, he's not going to say, well, I got to defer to Devin Booker because Devin Booker's a superstar. He's going to take a shot. And for better or worse, that's who he is as a player today. Obviously, it was for the much, much, much better because every shot that guy took. This last three, I think, was a pump fake, take a dribble in, step back three. Oh, my God. It was so beautiful. It was he so had so beautiful. many pump fakes today that like just worked to perfection. He knew that they were going to jump on his first like – you know, his first shot attempt or not shot attempt, but you know what I mean? You know, like as soon move, as he yeah. hit like three or four, then every time he got the ball, they were just jumping immediately. He knew to pump fake, you know, drive in, or if that was, uh, if you know, the post had people in it, you know, just like you said, step back. Yep. Absolutely. Paul, Paul, go on, man. Yeah. So uh, for me, I think the thing that I just really liked about this whole experience here in the bubble and whatnot is how the Suns have very much so played like a next man up mentality and tonight's next man up was Carter. And, you know, every game there's, I mean, books got books been getting his, but even still we had that, that second game where he fouled out and, you know, has had foul trouble in other games as well. And 
just the guys, the guys have stepped up campaign and Dario Sarge brought us back and basically won us that Pacers game. You know, just every game you look at it, somebody is going to step up. You don't know who it's going to be, but somebody's going to get, get up there and, you know, fill in the, fill in whatever that void is. And it's just been really fun to see who it's going to be in the game. Like, like, you kind of you assume it's just going to be the guy from the previous game that they're just going to carry forward. But then like, you know, like this game, somebody else who hadn't not that Javon hadn't done much in the previous four games, he's been very effective, but you know, this is the game he got to explode and, you know, really show off who he's been and what he's been doing for the last, um, you know, season with the Suns. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing that's encouraging about all this is, you know, we, we talk about even with the even with the scrimmage games coming into it, you see the Suns winning games when players that you wouldn't normally expect to carry the team step up and carry the team. And that's 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 what makes a winning team. You know, you can't expect every game that is going to be Booker and Bridges or Booker and Bridges or Booker and Ayton or Booker and Bridges and Ayton. Somebody's We're still waiting for Bridges to Someone's, get here, Justin. Oh, Bridges is well on his way. I, I think we've seen a lot out of Bridges during this bubble. Him and him and Cam Johnson both. We've seen a lot out of both of them that I think give signs of what we're going to see out of those players in the future, what they can be. And uh, let me – I'll talk about Cam Johnson just really quickly. I mean, even – he's showing this propensity to actually be an aggressive offensive player. He's not a shooter. Not just a shooter, excuse me. He came into the league with, you know, obviously his draft pick position got panned. Right. Good. You guys fucking nailed that one. He wasn't worth an 11th pick. I'm giving the finger to whoever says that right now. Right. But he's I disagreed with that- you from day one. I just want to say that for the record. I said Cam Johnson was a good pick. You and I had some choice words for each other over text message. Did we I think really? one of us call? I, I feel we like this each is other a- some potty words over Cam Johnson. So I just want it out there. I feel like that's to buy in very quickly. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> I feel like you're wrong, Char. I feel like you're thinking of somebody else. Well, you know what? I feel like you're wrong, Justin. And I don't Touché. have any way of backing this up, but I'm just going to roll with it. Well, lucky for you, I never delete text messages. So I will go back and look and I will see. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, it will be fantastic. Now I want to know. If if Bravo put any money on the over under of uh, of Javon Carter's points tonight or something, no, like that. Bravo? just Suns, Suns straight. That's it. All Suns, plus money, points, whatever it is. Suns from here on out. That's how and, we and roll. And you and you did that where though? Only where it's legal. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> all the real couch fans out there. <laughs> The red couch lives. <laughs> the red couch lives. The red couch lives. So, yeah, I mean, oh, Javon Carter, saving the day, doing what he's got to do. And, again, this it's, it's a testament to the team as a whole because it shows that there's nobody on this team who is going to sulk, who's going to be like, well, I'm not, I'm not getting the burn. I'm not getting the possessions. I'm not getting the touches that I want. It's a team. Everybody knows that any given night it could be their night, except for maybe Frank Kaminsky. I'm pretty sure at that point, at this point, like that ship has sailed. He's going to have 
zero nights. Man, he had a one shot that uh, I can't, I don't know how that fucker didn't go in. I have never seen Um, a three point shot go that far into the hoop and not go in ever. Like it it went in and then like circled the hoop twice and popped out. It was just indicative about how that game started where it was just like, the Suns couldn't like buy a basket except for book and even you know, book struggled. And it was just like, okay, we're, we're playing eight on five. Cause that's just how we play. And we're playing against the rim. I mean, really, this is just a conspiracy we, to take down the Suns, And we just beat that conspiracy to death. <laughs> Paul, did you have a sinking feeling at the beginning of the game? Like this no. is kind of like the game that might not go well. No, actually. Which whoa, is whoa, weird. whoa, whoa. Really? You didn't No. Wow. Yeah, no, I it's know. I'm at this point, I'm like, I'm walking into these games. Like I, I wasn't nervous. Like even when like they were down, I was like, like, I mean, at there would have, it would hit a point where I'm like, okay, it's done, but they never hit a point where I'm like, they can't come back from this. And then even when it like started getting like a little testing that fourth there and you know, they had a lead and then they kind of gave it up. I'm like, no, they got this. They're good. Like and, and they were five and, up. I was like, we're fine. And, and, and that's funny. And, and the reason I reacted the way I did way. to Paul is like, Paul, Paul's like, I'm the pessimist. He's the pessimist the of this podcast group, of right? Yeah. yeah. He, he, he's the one that's like, Oh, this is not good. This isn't, this, this isn't trending. Well, this is going to be bad. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Dan. Yeah. 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 Who speaks I mean, losses into existence. So, so our buddy, Dan at Dan Duarte on Twitter, if anyone's wondering, well, it was like it was like it was like four minutes in the game. He's like, "Oh, this isn't good." I was like, "Dan, shut up! Like, just shut your mouth, man! Like, we don't need to hear this right now because we're fine." And I was even when the Suns got down eleven. My thought was, "Well, as long as we don't get down twenty, I'm still perfectly fine with this." Like, the Suns You've played been down more, I think. But the Suns played by far, in my opinion, their worst half. They've played in the bubble right. in that first half, and they were tied. And I get it. The Heat didn't have all their guys, and that's fine. That is what it is. But as poorly as they played, even without the Heat having all their guys, like they, they should have been down by more. And again, I think that's a testament to the team. Like They're, they're going to grind when they have to grind. Past Suns teams – Body language changes. They get down on themselves. That lead just balloons, and and then you're in trouble. But with this team, they're gonna they're gonna weather the storm, and that's what they've done every time they've they've been in a deficit. I mean, you look at the Indiana game, man. When Indiana came back, they took that lead. Booker was in foul trouble. It was like, oh, geez. And I was at my office. I was working. <laughs> Indiana takes a lead. I have it on my screen, but I'm trying to do some work at the same time. And next thing I know, I look over and they're up 11 again. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened? And that's, that's, that's how this team operates, man. Again, to, to Paul's point, it's the, the next man up thing is instilled in this team. And then I think when you say that, you got to look at Monty Williams. He's giving these guys the confidence. He's putting them in a position where they're believing in themselves. I, I feel like Monty Williams is, is – as far as personality and nurturing and all that goes, he's like Earl Watson, but he also knows how to freaking coach. <laughs> Does, that make, sense? Does that make sense? He, he's, he's better than Earl Watson because he's, whereas Earl Watson tried to be the dad, he was really the st- 
stepdad who was trying to get in good with the kids and like they weren't <laughs> listening to him. Whereas Monty Williams is a legit like, I reared you. You are my children. You listen to me and I'm raising you into being a good person. Dude, I wish Monty Williams was my stepdad. That'd be sweet. I mean, I don't have a stepdad, but if I did, like, it, it, he would be the perfect choice. So, I, if we I get were gonna that. find exactly one thing, point, but, yeah. If we were gonna find one thing to nitpick about, though, it would be nice if Monty was a little quicker on the trigger with challenging some things. Well, to, for, hold up for, to that. That that's that's. Ha! There is no defined time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop really quick. Stop, 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 stop. They, stop. Paul, no. you stop. Shh, shh, shh. Don't make me mute you. I will do it. You know, I have the power and it's done. Okay. He's yelling. He's yelling, but he's muted. Um, Evan just, Evan just turned his phone around and showed a headline that looked like, what was that? Was that NBA.com dude? Yeah. They, the they spelled Mikhail part, Bridges like name M I K A I L. Like, come on. Like that's the type. His name's literally in your database. How do you, that's, that's, that's the love that the sons get, but you know what? Fuck it. Because I love, I love the fact that even when we're getting attention, it's still like people shitting on the Suns. Who are you traded TJ Warren? Oh, let's talk about T. Let's talk about TJ Warren, shall we? Shall we? I feel my like favorite part about all of this is when there's like ESPN or something posting like his games in order. It's so funny how they try to cover up like the Suns game. They're like 53, 42, or whatever, 39, 16 versus the Suns, 39, like. <laughs> It's so funny. They try to like cover it up. And and it's like because the warden put him in solitary confinement. <laughs> the warden. The warden. I feel like people say that there, there are too many names for, for nicknames for Mikhail. The warden is beautiful. That's They're never ending. Perfect. So perfect. But TJ Warren. Okay. Everyone's like, oh, they trade him for cash consideration. Yeah, they trade him for cap space, which got us Ricky Rubio, which Got us Aaron Baines, which got us Cam Johnson, ultimately. Which got right? us Kelly Oubre. Which got us Kelly Oubre. Like, are, is it really cash considerations, or is it players that, as a collective group, are much better? And also, let me. I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to pose this to everybody. Do you think that TJ Warren quit on the Phoenix Suns? Paul, you go first. And I want, I just want short answer, short answer. Yes. Maybe a little brief explanation or, I mean, if you, if you disagree, say no, obviously, but short explanation and we'll just round table that really quick. I think he definitely wasn't giving it his all. Hey, Paul, can you just commit to an answer for once in your fucking life? Like once dude. No, <laughs> I can't commit to an answer. Okay. So Paul's answer is yes. Evan, what about you? Uh, I didn't watch as much last season as I did this season, but it was even evident to me that he did. So, yes. Shar, what about you, bro? No. One word. That's it. All right. That was okay. three. He <laughs> <laughs> got lawyered by a 16-year-old, dude. <laughs> Bravo, what do you think, man? I was going to go, yes. I will say yes. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing, dude. The guy missed half the season last year with a sore ankle. And I used air quotes right there, like ankle soreness. Find me one NBA player who has ever missed 38 games with ankle soreness. Kawhi Leonard. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. The entire NBA misses half the season these days with ankle soreness and elbow tendonitis and everything. Right. No, but they, they come in and out. They take strategic resting. He was gone for like the whole season. He could have come back, shot four three-pointers, missed them, not even cared, and gotten $250,000. And he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, the guy – and yeah, yeah so so – the, the TJ's last season with the Suns, he missed, I believe it was six games, came back for a few, and then missed the last 32, all because of ankle soreness. That's that's not that's not, oh, it's ankle soreness and we're just resting you. That's a guy who doesn't want to play for the team. And we won't even get into the head injury. <laughs> Sorry. Um hey, we just won't get into that. Um, but I didn't realize that there are so many like TJ Warren apologists in, in the sun's universe. Cause I heard, I feel like you guys, I feel like you guys are kind of taking it like on the other extreme though. Right. Because it's been so extreme in the TJ Warren camp, right. Where there's this, it's basically a logical fallacy where everyone's like, Oh, well, TJ Warren's killing it. And you guys traded him for cash considerations. How stupid are you? And that's a logical fallacy for the reasons you explained where, look, we didn't decide to get rid of TJ Warren because of money. We, we decided to get rid of him because we had a better group coming in. And well, we decided we wanted Ubre and we wanted Rubio and we wanted Baines and we wanted all them. So it wasn't just a straight up Warren versus cash consideration. So they, they've taken it to an extreme as far as the logical fallacy goes. But then I think right now you guys are also going the other way too. I mean, I think there's a middle ground, which is TJ is balling out of his mind. Yeah, he is. Oh, that's and fine. I, no, but here's the thing: is we, we got to give him props like, there. We got to give him. It's props. not like Good we didn't know. It's not like we mind. didn't know that TJ Warren could score points. We knew that. And but we didn't know. I haven't. Like I Ryan. haven't just. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get some order here, okay? Well, no. like one person at a time, boys. I haven't thought that TJ Warren quit on the team over the past three days or over the past week. I have thought that since the second half of last season. And it's evident in the fact that he it wasn't the first time he missed games under weird, questionable circumstances. And that's just the character. And at the end of the day, that's fine, dude. If you don't want to be here and you want to quit on a team, quit on the team. That's your prerogative. If you want to try to force your way out, like players have done that year after year after year. It's a thing. But fucking be a man about it, right? Just demand a trade. Don't say, oh, I can't play because of my fucking ankle. That's bullshit. Like, that's Don't some pussy-ass like shit. Yes. <laughs> you know there, what? There's a nice middle ground there. Here, but- no, and here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing with Bledsoe. Somebody brought that up. They're like, oh, Bledsoe quit on the team. And they're like, how do you know TJ Warren wasn't really injured? How do you know Eric Bledsoe wasn't really at a hair salon? Right? And does anybody, does anybody see that connection there? No? You guys are all looking at me like blank faces. <laughs> I hate I hate being such a high level thinker. Damn. <laughs> well, because like here's the thing from my perspective, it's very much a revisionist history of at the time, Suns fans were like, TJ Warren has no value. It's this is gonna be a horrible trade for us. We all knew this going in when like to dump TJ Warren, it was going to be bad because of in injury history and them knowing we had a log jam at small forward and he was the piece we wanted to move. We did not have leverage as a team. We knew he had no value. I don't think, I mean, and, but then the trade happens and it's like, Oh, this is a bad trade. I'm like, 
two weeks, like a week ago, we were all saying he had no value and it was, we couldn't, we couldn't give him away. And, and let me to, ask you this. When, when they say that, when, when, when the pundits say that, how come nobody looks and goes, whoa, how come the 28 other teams didn't offer a little bit more to get him? Exactly. Exactly. You think James Jones only called the Indiana Pacers, said, hey, I will give you a second round pick to take him off my hands? That's the only call he made? Man, you guys have some major PTSD going on from this Warren thing. Let it go. No, hold on, no, hold on. Actually, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I want to know. Shard, Shard, sure, do you? TJ Warren so well, you got to talk about something. We've already talked about because... how great the Suns are. Shard, <laughs> do you think? Do you do you think that that was the only call James Jones made was to the Pacers and 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 said, "Hey, I'll give you a second round pick." You don't think he made another call to any other NBA team, and the other NBA team said, "No, he's not worth anything to us." No, of course not. But it doesn't make for, but hold on, but it doesn't make for a funny meme to use 75 characters explaining (laughs) that, oh yeah, well, James Jones called a bunch of other teams and those teams are stupid too. Ha ha ha. Hashtag tweet. Dude, it's funny. You know, it's funny because like, because Espo, Espo is like the biggest, I'm going to make jokes about cash considerations. That dude loves doing it. Yeah. And I love Espo. But even Espo is like, look, I know that they've traded him for a reason. But to your point, Shar, it's not funny if we frame it any other way. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's and just a fun. funny meme. It's a good hashtag. It's a cash consideration but, hashtag. But then He's you've doing got people, well. Move on. Then you've, then you've Move got on. people like, I don't know, Kendrick Perkins. Draymond Who's Green. like Draymond? Draymond Green's a fucking look. Look, triple single can shut his fucking mouth. Okay, <laughs> hey, you want to talk about down. enemy number one right there? Talk about a dude who's been exposed this year. Oh, he was part of he was part of the big three. I used air quotes right there for people who can't see us talking right now, which is pretty much everybody but us. He was part of the big three, and he this year was part of like dude if you right now told me you could either have draymond green or javon carter javon carter hands down fuck draymond green javon carter or the world man come on now yeah sorry (laughs) sorry i guess i'm talking to the wrong audience here all right all right thank you justin so Okay. Well, Draymond hey. Draymond Green this season has scored twenty points once, and that was his high for the season. And you know what's funny <laughs> is I, I might be a little, I might have a little bit of a grudge against Draymond Green because in how much fantasy, money did you lose on Draymond? Green? No, my fantasy basketball league this year, like I picked him. I I I, I we did a we did a we did a uh, auction draft. I might have spent a fair amount on him, thinking, oh well, Draymond Green is going to have an opportunity in Golden State with with you know well Steph was at that time not injured Clay's out though KD's gone he's gonna have a shot here did nothing Steph goes down I'm like okay now still did nothing I still finished second in my league would have won if not for COVID thanks COVID but whatever in spite of Draymond good for you oh you know hey he got put on waivers real quick (laughs) Here's a, here's a, no, I just kept them. And I just benched them. Cause I, you know what? That's my message to Draymond. What happened to finish on my ball? Did, did that just stop? With the yeah. It was- stopped. And then, and then when they restarted ESPN had like a message that was like, because of the shortened season, the rest of, you know, fantasy basketball is canceled. So Sounds like buddy. 
<laughs> Body loved it. Um, so, but, uh, you know, you know, and, and that brings me to a, another point that's really not Suns related, but it's still basketball related. And I don't know if anyone's going to have any thoughts on this because again, I paid attention to this guy because he's on my fantasy team. How is, how is, uh, uh, Devonte Graham, not one of the three finalists for most improved player of the year. Anybody have thoughts on that? No. Is that just is, me? Isn't he, isn't he a rookie? Wasn't that taken oh. out of the most improved what? player that you're no. running? No. Second year, dude. They, they don't, no. they don't usually give it to second year guys. <laughs> he went, just he went from, he went from averaging three points a game and like half an assist to basically being like a 20 and eight player. And was okay, yeah. one of the top three <laughs> that, point that, shooters. An outlier. That's definitely yeah, an outlier. Dude. That was and 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 it's you know who is a finalist? 77. I'm sorry, you were a fucking top five pick. You should never be in the running for most improved player anywhere. Okay? That's just me. Who? That's just me. 77? Porzingis? I love that. Thank oh, you. Thank on, you, Bravo. Man. Bravo. I, I, I love that you, that, that you, you said that when I said 77, that, just, that made my heart melt a little bit. Who else is in the running? Bam, Bam is. Yeah. And, and Brandon Ingram. Those are the top three, right? Yep. yep. I would say Brandon Cameron Ingram makes Payne. sense. I would say Cameron Payne, but I don't know when the last time the most improved player was also the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they both, do bubble awards in both in both in both in both the NBA and China, because that's where he was playing before. He was balling out there. <laughs> All right, so um, I don't know where to go from there. I, I've gone on multiple tangents. Anybody have a tangent we can go on? Anybody have can any thoughts? Anyone path to the something? playoffs. Path to the playoffs. Hey, Bravo! That's a hell of an idea to talk about when we're talking yes. about the fucking bubble. You mean, um, mean algebra? Path to the playoffs. It's not that difficult at this point, man. Three it's not that difficult. Left. I mean, right. they, 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 they win out. They're basically in the ninth spot at the very least. As long as Portland loses one game. Doesn't well, San Antonio okay. need to lose a game too? Nope. I think San Antonio. Not if they win out. Nope. Nope. If the Suns win out. The only teams that they have to worry about are San Antonio, or excuse me, are, are, are Portland and Memphis. Yeah. They can't pass Memphis at this point. Well, actually, it might be possible. They can pass Memphis. If Mem- Memphis, Memphis loses out, yeah. the Suns win out. Yeah, they can if pass Portland them. loses tomorrow, the Suns control their destiny. Like, they don't have, they, it's Ooh. all on them to get to at least, at least the ninth, the play in game. Like, I they got to win out to do way. it, but. I smell a parlay. I love uh, it, Bravo. I've been Toronto smelling those parlays for a week Monday. now. And who does Portland have tomorrow? Portland's got. I think they got Philly. 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 Yeah. We play that them on Tuesday, don't we? Baby. Yeah, we Philly. play Philly. We play Philly. Yeah, uh, tu- Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, because we play. Yeah, we play Dallas and Philly, and who else do we play? OKC. So I think we played Philly OKC. and OKC back to back, and then we take, played Dallas on Friday. Is Thursday that right? Or Friday. Uh, Thursday. Yeah. Thursday's Dallas. Tuesday Philly. Monday OKC. Right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And Portland has left. In, in addition to Philly, they've got Dallas and they've got Brooklyn. So. 
it'll be interesting. I mean, you look back to some of the games that, that, uh, that Portland's played since the bubble. And you look at like, you know, the, they lost to Boston Houston game. You think, you think could be a win for Houston. They lost Denver shit the bed. Thank God. LA's bench won that game today. Dude, Paul George sat the last three and a half minutes. And LA still pulled that off. Thank you. Rodney Magruder. Thank you. Thank you, Rodney Magruder. What is he like a sub 30% three point shooter? (laughs) Not during those last two minutes, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That three that he took too, when he shot that, I'm like, oh, that looks like it might go in. Right. (laughs) And it did. And it did. So, so yeah. So the Suns, the Suns right now, I mean, the path to the playoffs is a lot clearer than it has, obviously. I mean, as we move further into the bubble, it's going to become more and more clear. But like Paul said, Portland loses tomorrow. The Suns control their own destiny. And you have to look at it then from, you know, the thing that I think, you know, when I looked at the schedule initially, you can easily sit there and pick games that teams are going to win, teams are going to lose. But then you take into account as we get deep, especially as we get deeper into it, what teams are going to start resting guys, mm-hmm. which when you, look at the Suns, yeah, when you look at the Suns competition is great because they're all playoff teams and you're going to think they're going to start resting guys. But then you look at the teams that the Suns have to catch up with and then you get yeah. a little concerned because their opponents are also going to start resting. Yeah, a, a, lot, a lot of the, the um, guys who are trying to vie for that eighth seed, those teams played each other early. Like there's not a lot of that on the back end, particularly with the teams like – that the Suns really have to worry about just, you know, particularly Portland, particularly. Um, and, you know, Me- I mean, who, who does Memphis have? Memphis has Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee. Or Memphis could lose out. And like, then, like even if Portland wins, you know, we, if, if Memphis, Memphis loses, loses out, out and the Suns the win out, then it's us and the Blazers. Yeah. Yeah. And here's what, here, here's what I'm going to find interesting because look, Let's be honest. NBA referees suck ass, right? But at the same time, the NBA also wants to put the best product out there, right? There's so many people on Twitter, on the internet, just just harping for a, a, a Portland-Phoenix play-in series. How fun would that be, dude? Talk Is about, it a series? Well, I mean, it's it te- well, technically For the Suns to win it, it's got to be two games. Well, it depends. Ooh. If Memphis lose, here's the thing: the Suns could theoretically get the eight seed. Yeah, Memphis loses out. Portland goes one and two. Suns get the eight seed. Yeah, so then they just got to win one. Yeah, so the way it works, Freaking algebra is of the shit, man. The, the 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 eight nine eight nine quote unquote series is single elimination for the eight seed, or excuse me, the nine seed double elimination for the eight seed. So the nine has to win two. The eight has to win one. Does that make sense? sense? Yeah, I see why they do it that way. I mean, it, it would be good. I mean, obviously, it'd be good for us if we're the eight and bad if we're the nine, and it would we would all think it sucks if we're the nine, but we'd all think it's amazing if it's if we're the eight. Right. Well, if we're already on an eight-game winning streak, I don't give a fuck if we're the nine. Yeah. <laughs> we have all <laughs> My the confidence to be through the roof. I'm like, we can beat anybody. Well, right. Exactly. I mean, at this point, you just want to be in, right? I mean, coming into this week, you know, we were all joking about it, but ESPN's true odds had us at a less than a 0.1% chance. 
I don't know. I, I, hey, Shar, Shar, hey, Shar, don't, don't, uh, don't loop me into joking about it, bro. I called eight and no back like, like three months ago and we did the first sun zoom call. So um, I'm just I've been with you, man. I've been with you. I've been saying one game at a time. I mean, anything could happen. You know, the funny part about all this too is that, I mean, everyone expected Portland to kind of make a run at this, you know, especially I think New Orleans too. That's what I was going to say is that the whole reason they made the rules like this to, you know, give the nine seed a chance is because everyone wanted to see Zion have a chance at the playoffs and get more Zion games and the team that's fallen flat on its face, you know, Kings have been one of them, but the other team that's fallen flat on his face and just hasn't done anything during the bubble has been New Orleans. I mean, and the only reason the Suns are in it is because they needed to have at least one Eastern Conference team in the bubble. And so the Suns kind of got pulled in because Washington was so was the the gulf between the Nets and Washington was so big. They couldn't just say, "Okay, we're bringing in the, the Wizards, but no, the Suns don't count. Right. Even though they have a better record. So I mean, we'll just take the opportunity. It's all that can we can we talk about speaking of New Orleans? How come nobody's mentioning how fat Zion is? It looks like he hurts like, when he runs. I'm sorry, like he, we know he's a big dude, but he's bigger than he was at the end of the you know, when, when quarantine started. Like he mm-hmm. put on weight. If if he's listed at 285, he's playing right now at at least 305, if you ask me. Nobody cares. Okay. All right. reminds me just like just like know. national media, nobody wants to talk about fat Zion. Okay, I get it. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know what I care about that we we, we kind of like we're abruptly cut off on, and I think Paul was uh, about to get into this, and you know. Not that, not that I hold grudges, but can we get back to the fact that Monty Williams does not challenge anything? And I'm not even just talking about the challenge today that was brought in too late that Paul was going to explain the rules on. The one that was most disturbing to me, you guys remember in the Pacers game, Booker picks up his fifth foul midway through the third quarter, and it, it was on two really dicey, questionable calls. And if there's, you know, it ended up working out because Cameron Payne and Dario Saric went unconscious and ended up carrying us to the win, but if they hadn't, I mean, don't you want to use your challenge and protect your superstar midway through the third of a, essentially a must-win game and have that looked at again? I mean, what else are you saving it for? Well, I mean, okay, look at it like this. I, I agree. Okay, look, I'm never going to – okay, I won't say I'm never going to, but if a referee is going to get the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to give it to him, that's saying something, right? Because I've already said it on this pod. NBA referees are horrible at their jobs. I don't think a challenge on on Booker's fifth foul in that game was gonna would have would have been successful. But there was enough there was enough of a touch there that it wouldn't it wouldn't have it would not have been a successful challenge. But what do you um, what do you lose? What do you have to lose? You lose a timeout. I mean, you lose a really chance either. to challenge something later in a close game. I, and, and that's like, look at the, the last play of the third quarter tonight. He could have challenged that or the second to last play, that, that deflection out of bounds. But you don't waste it there on a point nine. And I, I get where you're coming from, Shar, but you also have to actually expect that you're going to win the challenge, I feel, to, to actually use it. Now, today is different. Should have used it. I think, the, I think the refs also didn't give him enough time because the rule is supposed to be that the rules you get it, you, you can challenge it until a ball is put into play, right? 
the end, the, 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 the ref gave the ball. I forgot who he, who was fouled, but to, to whoever it was that was shooting the free throws. And that means it's in play, but the refs are all supposed to give 10 seconds. And I don't think the refs gave 10 seconds before that. So you call it Monty's fault. You can call it the ref's fault, but at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. Um, but he's, he's challenges sparringly. I mean, that's just the way it is. When you only have one. Yeah. You only have one. And, and yeah, he, he could have used it a little quicker there, but at the same time, I think the refs had a quick trigger on giving Bam the ball at the free throw line. Yeah, and I don't begrudge him of the one today because I agree with you. I think it was kind of quick and he didn't really have that time. And at that point in the game, I think we were up five and he was shooting two free throws. So why lose a timeout? Um, the one in the Pacers game is the one that troubled me more. And maybe not even the fifth foul, but the fourth foul looked questionable too. And it seems like, you know, you don't have a crystal ball. You don't know Cameron Payne's about to go Michael Jordan on the Pacers the way he did. Um, and are, are you, know, you sure, that, Monty? Are you sure? Are you sure Monty doesn't have a crystal Monty, ball? I mean, he yes. might. You know, at this point, all bets are off. He might have that crystal ball. Um, Here, here's what. Yeah, here, here's how, think about it like this. Think about it like this. Like the opposite effect of it. Okay, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. You want to protect your superstar, sure. But don't you also want to put faith in the guys on the team to pick up your superstar, which is exactly what they did. Like every single game, it's built the confidence of the team. And, and ultimately it's built books confidence in the team. Yeah. And it could also be, it could also be a, a little bit of a lesson to book. Look, he's an emotional guy. And when he's not getting calls, you know, he's not getting calls because he lets you know, he lacks his house. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and gets more calls, and he does dumb shit like getting those la- those those two fouls in the third quarter he got got against Indiana, and maybe that's Monty saying, "Look, I want Booker to recognize his importance to this team, and then he can't do dumb shit like that when he's in a situation where he might want to let him learn." Because at the end of the day, as much as we're looking at this from the perspective of what the Suns do right now is direly important. Everything Monty Williams does, I believe, is building a larger culture. It's building these players up. It's making these players learn. And if that's what he's doing, I'm not going to object to it. Here's the thing. I'm not going to object to anything Monty Williams does right now. Like, Monty Williams could hit my wife. I'd be fine with it. I'd be like, that's cool, Monty. You do you, bro. Yeah, I mean, memo, memo I don't know if that, I don't know if that pause there. there. The <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If you're Monty Williams, Shar, you stay away. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I got it. You just let me know, though. I mean, if I take over as assistant coach for the Sun someday and it goes well, let me know if I've got the green oh, light. Don't count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be a head coach or Devin Booker. That's per, those are that's pretty much my 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 two limitations. Okay. I'm excited for your wife to listen to this podcast tomorrow and to see whether oh, she does not couch the rest oh, of the thank week God or she, not. Dude, believe you me, if, I, if my wife listens to this podcast, I would say half the shit I say because uh, she'd be like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> she says that to you every day anyway. Yeah, she'd also, <laughs> she also doesn't listen because if I ever said something stupid and she wanted to talk about it, it'd become a big, long debate. And let me be honest, I don't, I, I, I don't you lose. You don't lose. I just don't. <laughs> If I'm in a losing position, I'll wear you down. That's the way I operate. It just is. I'm sorry. I'm a lawyer. Like, Char, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You are a lawyer, Justin. I do remember this. 
Uh, so, okay. I have one last topic that I, that I feel like we should touch on and I'm interested in hearing what everybody's opinion is. So we have two guys who have been integral to this team that have not played yet in the bubble, right? Who knows Mm -hmm. who those guys are? I do. Evan does. Evan (laughs) raises his hand. Go ahead, Evan. See, that's that's a good thing about having a kid who's still in high school on this pod, but he raises his hand to say something. I love that. I should should make every guest on this pod raise their hand before they want to talk. (laughs) Mr. Handsome Kelly Oubre and Mr. Chef Aaron Baines. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Now, the Suns are cooking right now. (laughs) Building off your chef thing. Suns are cooking right now. If both those guys are available for the next game, do you guys say, yeah, we're going to slide them both in or we're going to slide one or the other in? What do you do if you're Monty Williams running rotations? You know what, Bravo? You haven't spoken much this episode. I mean, we hear about your winnings and I love it. Yeah. But this one, I feel like you can chime in on, especially because I feel like I saw you shaking your head. Yeah, you can't mess with chemistry. There's no way. You can't, you can't screw up a good thing. If you, you've got a good thing going, don't mess the chemistry up. Keep it, keep it rolling and, uh, until you need to uh, interject those guys into it. Baines, though, is different, though. But uh, Ubre, I, think, I feel like, would take away um, – some scoring opportunities, some shooting opportunities for other guys. Uh, but Baines, I think I like his hard play. Uh, he can get in there. But um, from a rotation minutes uh, standpoint, uh, I think you go with the guys that have gotten you these five wins in a row. Yeah, and I think also, and, and Paul, you might you might touch on this, I don't know, but you, you look at those two guys too and the minutes they'll take away from guys, I'm, I'm, I'm more into what minutes Baines will take away from guys and what minutes – Kelly will take away from guys. And I mean that, I say that meaning positively Frank Kaminsky. Yes. Baines, but, 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 but it, you got a guy that can fill that five spot behind DA. I mean, that's, Sarge that's, has that's been doing good. a pretty solid job there. Right. Yeah. But, but, but then you can, you can slide Sarge into more of the four, let him be more outside. Like Sarge has been huge from three, like today, even. I was yeah. a little shocked that Sarge didn't get more minutes, but you look at what other guys are doing. I get it. But Sarge has played incredibly solid all year, obviously, but especially in the minutes he's gotten in the bubble. Shar, what do you think, man? If you have the opportunity to move those two guys back in, do you? I think I agree with uh, Mr. Bravo in the sense that you can't mess with chemistry and you have a good thing going. I certainly wouldn't mess with the starting lineup. In fact, this is the starting lineup that I've been clamoring for all year. Just because my Cam boy Johnson, Cam, my yes, my boy Cam Johnson, he took the words right out of my mouth. Who totally was worth the eleventh pick, um, is the perfect stretch for for this modern NBA. He just needed some time to grow up, and I think he's doing great there. Anyways, back to your question though, I think Kelly's too good and too important to this team, and what another one of those just intangible guys. Even though you know he can do more than Javon when it comes to scoring, but. Kelly gives you too much not to figure out how to use them. So I know that you were focusing on Baines just because it makes more natural sense to take Kaminsky out of the rotation. Um, I wouldn't put Kelly back into the starting lineup, but if he can go, you've got to figure out a way to bring him in off the bench and give him some time and figure out how to mesh with the bench unit. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Evan, what do you think, man? Um, I think definitely bring Baines in right away. Like I know chemistry and whatnot, but we don't have a backup center right now. 
with Frank, you know, I tweeted today, can you cut someone off the team mid game? Like just I saw that it's, <laughs> it's like, it's almost like we're just like, I don't know. We just can't find a way to do anything right. Like today, three, three minutes played over three shooting, uh, minus three plus minus and a rebound and an assist. Like he just like every time he takes a shot, I'm just, no, 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 no. Like it's, I've never like felt that way about a player. Just every time he touches the ball, I just want him to give it up. And so I think definitely implement Baines right away. I think Kelly maybe hold off on if, and if like Mikhail has another game, like we need him for the defense, obviously, but if he shoots three of 11 again, you know, or he's trending that way in the middle of a game, maybe try to find a way to implement Kelly. But I, or that, or if we're just in a spot where we're, um, just have no energy and we just can't like get a spark going, you know, that's, I think where you need Kelly. So I think Bane's definitely right away. And Kelly, we need to find like the bright spot to put him in. If I can jump back in here real quick, Justin, I, By all I, I, means, think you, man. I, I think you made a good point that I, I think Mikhail has been struggling with a shot. Um, his defense is sensational. We put him on the best player or the best wing player on the other team. All, most of the game. Uh, so, so he's there for that. Uh, you know, again, going back to the chemistry thing though, even though he is struggling with his shot, I think Bravo brought up the point that if you put Kelly in there, that might start taking shots away from Booker or start, start taking touches away from Aiden and kind of how, you know, and one of the guys we haven't mentioned is Rubio and how well he's running this offense, even though he was a little off today. So I, I just think, you know, even if Mikhail goes 0 for 11 again, it just because of the way that lineup seems to mesh together, as much as I want Kelly in there, I think you got to keep him on the bench for now. I like how Ricky Rubio's a little off for the day is flirting with a triple-double. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, He's it's funny because, dude, he has been. And, you know, uh, Paul, John Voida, um, who, uh, as our listeners I'm sure know, is one of the guys from Sun's Jam Session, tweeted out today in response to I think uh, a poll put up by the right side of the sun that said you know who does who needs to step up the most for the suns today and Voida said as Rubio goes the suns go and I think that showed a lot today because even though he did flirt with the triple double his his shooting was off like he just seemed off a lot of the game and I think that's why it was as Miami's close as it was. defense is really disruptive. I mean, they we struggled to get into sets and like get fl- flows going at least early in those like that first quarter and a half. Um, you know, it was definitely it felt. I mean, I don't know how much of it was the Suns missing just straight up missing shots, or just there were so many times where I'm like, where did those three guys come from who have swarmed? like whichever player had the ball at that given moment. Cause it's just, there was always somebody like right up under somebody's Jersey, every play. Um, but with regards to um, the, question. the original question, Justin about Uber and Baines, I, I like where you came from uh, when we were talking before we started recording, which is right now when every game, um, you know, is an end all be all you know, if we lose, we're done basically. Like there's like our chances of making the playoffs go back down to like point one or whatever. Um, let's roll with what we got. It's working. Everybody knows their role. It's doing its thing. It's the risk of disrupting the situation in a do or die game is like, that's not when you do it, but you know, 
we make it to the playoffs, we actually make it to an actual seven game series. Yeah. Let's try to integrate them. See what we right. can do. Cause I mean, not every know, game's a must win. Right. And that, Imagine showing up to the Lakers and like, oh yeah, they they kind of forgot about Kelly Oubre. Oh yeah. no, here here's a Tasmanian Devil we're gonna unleash on you. Yep. Um, yep. You know that could that could be like a fun little wrinkle, or like bringing Baines back in to just like knock uh, whoever their center is on their ass. But I, honestly, I'm not. I'm hoping we make the playoffs because I think we can make some noise against the Lakers right now. They're not playing great at all. Look, look, here's the thing. Playoffs, that's not even a question. The Suns are winning the title this year, okay? We're just going to put that out there. Plus, if the Suns make the playoffs, Paul's getting a tattoo, as is Evan, um, right? With his parents' consent, of course. Uh, They said no, but I don't really listen to them. (laughs) (laughs) Look, dude, here's the thing. When I went to college, (laughs) when when I went to college, I got, I got, I had, I had one, I had an ear pierced when I was in high school. I wanted both. I went to college. I got both. And then I gauged them and my mom freaked out. And you know what? At the end of the day, if I would have just done it when I was younger, she would have probably handled it better. So it's, you're doing your parents a favor from just by just doing it. Okay. Although if you you do, if, if you do just do it, then whoever did it, would probably have some sort of liability because I'm pretty sure you can't tattoo a 16 year old without uh, I'm, parent consent. I'm not going to stitch on anybody. <laughs> it's my, my boy right there. I love that. Okay. Hey, okay. So I, I, I feel like you guys all have very, very reasonable and well thought out thoughts about that whole Baines Kelly situation. Now, Char, I went back. I, I went, I've been looking at my phone cause I've gone, been going back through our texts one of us was very unhappy about the whole Cam Johnson thing. <laughs> and when I say one of us, I mean one of you, me, and Bravo. And I'll just say it wasn't me. I'm not going to name it, names here. Well, we I'll know, just say we it, know, wasn't, we, it, it also wasn't you, Sharp. I'm not going to name We know names. that I love the Cam Johnson pick. Oh, Bravo. Bravo. I cannot believe this. It was you? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the Jared Colburn train. I'm sure. Should I? Should I read the? Should I read? I'll, I'll read. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Ready? June twentieth, twenty nineteen, seven fifty six p.m. Okay. Just in case you're wondering. Wow, Culver Warren pick Warren pick thirty two and a future first for Johnson, Jerome, and Aaron Baines. Worst Suns draft ever, all things considered. Question mark. <laughs> Jared Culver. We'll see what happens. Can I read you Jarrett Culver's shooting percentages? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. So. So. Um, hey, so. Hey, spoiler spoiler alert. I'm going to assume they're not good. <laughs> so. From the field, 40.4%. Okay. From three, 29.9. Not, not great, Bob. From free throw, or from the line, 46.2%. Hmm. <laughs> Now, if I could read Cam Johnson's shooting percentages. Please do. It might be a little bit better. From the field. How come come Bravo looks the least entertained of all of us right now? I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) 42 from the field, 39 from three, and 79 from the line. Now, if you had to ask me which one was better, I might have an answer for you. Well, save that for the next podcast that I won't be invited to. 
And Kobe White might agree with you. <laughs> These actually get better too. Bravo. Owen oh, Baines is 5.4 against the cap. Like laughing, crying emoji. Um, emoji. But Shar, here, here's where here's where Shar's point is. A little bit later down. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shar says, uh, "Cam Johnson will be good. I swear it." So, Shar did call it June 30th. He called it. Cam Johnson will be I mean, good. I swear it. I mean, you also said you, you also said he'll need a couple of years. <laughs> I was off on the timeline. Well, he's basically he's in his second me. season right now. He had a full off season. It's true. Thank you, Plus, Paul. Look at Paul coming to your, to your defense. I love it. I'm getting out lawyered by a 16-year-old, and I'm getting defense <laughs> lawyered by Paul over there with the background of the Paul glamour shots. It's still hanging <laughs> pretty prominently. It ain't going anywhere. Uh-huh. I feel like I just want to read all of our old texts now. <laughs> no, come on, bud. <laughs> look, look, I, I definitely had, a, a, I've definitely had a, a, you know, tweets, Facebook posts out there just praising the Josh Jackson pick. And you know what? I stand by that. I think it was still the you right have, pick. You have a lot of hours of well. podcasts praising the Josh oh, Jackson Oh yeah, man. Hey, Josh uh, if, Jackson if, is a is a G League superstar. Okay, okay. If only we could go back to that podcast because I seem to remember myself, perhaps uh, trying to talk you into taking De'Aaron Fox in that draft. Guess, and I think you, that guy sucks. Think, He's no good. Think, <laughs> right. I think <laughs> I, I wanted Fox so Jackson. bad. Right. Oh man! Hey, you know what though? After, everybody, everybody, everybody in Suns uh, Nation suddenly loves Ryan McDonough now that he's uh he's joined Twitter. How come nobody pays attention to that whole fucking clusterfuck at this point? You know why? Because Suns Twitter, even when the Suns are winning, is still like the most self-loathing place in the universe. It's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. Nah, it's been pretty. It's been pretty upbeat lately. Like they've been, they were, they were highlighting Javon today. Like they were talking mad, like giving mad ups to Cameron Payne. Like I was, the Suns Twitter and this Max guy. Do you guys? Any of you guys follow this Max <laughs> yeah. guy who's like us? He's uh, that guy's totally upbeat too. You know, like I. No, I, he's I, not. I no, he's not. Call. Didn't he call? Didn't he say Booker was going to get injured? And then everyone like unfollowed him, or am I thinking of somebody else? You guys aren't cool with Max. Max has been look. Like, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything about those guys because last time I did, uh, they bitched about it like a lot, like a lot. <laughs> so I'm just gonna. I, I'm gonna do something we'll I very rare, ra- very rarely do, and I'm going to just zip it. Has Nate Duncan allowed you to follow him again on Twitter? Oh, Nate Duncan still, still blocked me. He blocked dude, everybody, blocked. dude. Nate Duncan has blocked every Phoenix Suns fan out there, which is funny because he, he did the fucking, uh, what is that, the NBA League Pass, like, play-by-play for the game. against. And apparently was, Indiana against fans the, hate him, too. Like, that's, like, the other, like, fucking uh, um, fan base that just he shits on all the time. 
And Indy's been good. Look, man, look, look. Shar and I both went to law school with Nate. Shar, Shar was definitely, I would say, closer to Nate than I was. I never had anything against him. He's a fucking idiot. Okay, I'm just gonna put it out there. Are you? Oh, black, come on, come he is, on. dude. He's an idiot. I'm hold both your hands and bring you guys back together. Nate, Do you still Nate's talk great. to him? Do you still Nate's talk great. to him? Nothing more than on social media. Everyone ask him to ask him to unblock me, and then see how quickly it takes him to block me again because he's ask him to ask Woj to unblock me. You're you're a good dude when when you're not triggered by the TJ Warren thing. Nate's a good dude. We can all find a way to get along. Come on now, all fair and love and basketball. Okay, okay, Shar, Shar. I will. I could not entertaining. I could bring in literally hundreds of Suns fans who will completely disagree with you about Nate Duncan. His last two, whether you're, whether you're a good dude or not is completely different than whether you're like different than if you're an idiot or not. Like, right. Like you can be a good dude and be an idiot. Right. (laughs) I'm not following you. (laughs) I'm, I'm looking at Nate Duncan's Twitter and he says another ridiculous TJ Warren game further highlights just how good Mikhail Bridges was against him on Thursday. So all of a sudden he's like a Suns fan, but then this is my favorite reply. It says Nate, it's going to take more than that, more than this before Suns Twitter forgives you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> his his problem is what was it? He was on Solar Panel and he tried to argue that Devin Booker was what was it? He basically spent forty five minutes on Solar Panel shitting on Devin Booker, and then. <laughs> Know your audience, Dave, bro. <laughs> Dave, Dave and Espo and them like explained him why he was wrong, and he just got all pissy about it. Like, no, no, you know what, man? It's fine. I mean, good for him. I'm happy for him. Like, he's doing he's doing well. I assume like he can do basketball shit for his career. Fantastic. But so can like Skip Bayless also like makes a career out of saying shit about sports, and he's also a moron, right? Like, right. Am I wrong? I, I don't understand how Skip Bayless still has people who listen to him. But I feel like Shar is offended by my comments about right now, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I I am not, you know, I was actually gonna Shar's say, a Skip while, Bayless super fan. While while I vehemently disagree with you about Nate being an idiot, at the same time, I do respect you for holding your grudges on so tightly. I mean, when people cross <laughs> you, when people cross you on Twitter, Justin. You know, it is good for you. You do not give an inch. You hold your ground. Adam, I love you and I, I love you and I respect you for it. Even if I happen to disagree on exactly <laughs> what the war is about. And that, you. and that my friend, I'll, and we'll close out this pod. That my friend is why my wife is an angel. Right. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she All right. is. All right. Hey, so I'll give each of you guys, if you're so inclined a chance to have like a last thought, last word, I know Paul's is going to be about how he's looking forward to the rest of the bubble. Cause that's literally like Paul's always like, I'm looking forward to something. Thank you. Start with Bravo. Bravo. Any last thoughts, my friend? Uh, I want to give it a shout out to Shar because he's held true. He has called all the games that needed to happen to get us to this point. And uh, he's bet on them too, maybe only where it's legal and it's worked out. <laughs> so I give that guy props, man. I think he's like, you know, guided them here in some weird way. And so, uh, thank you, Shar. Thank you, brother. I'm not going to disagree with you. 
Shar is the sun's whisperer. I'm that's fine by me. I love it. I love it. Whatever we gotta Char, do to win that chip. Shar, <laughs> what about you, man? La- any last words, my friend? Yeah, I guess my last words are well, first of all, thank you, Bravo. I appreciate that plug. And you've been there every step of the way. So that's awesome. Um, only where it's legal. Only where it's legal. You know, whether we make the playoffs or not, and I think we, and we will, we're going to win out and we're going to put ourselves in position to do it. Uh, knock on wood. But I guess just a shout out to the NBA regarding how uniquely awesome this experience has been. It's, you know, for us teams trying to make it in and not being able to lose a game, it's kind of been like an NCAA tournament experience that we lack because of COVID this year, yeah. but with NBA, but with NBA players. So you're taking this awesome one and done scenario, you know, for all us teams on, you know, in the bubble and per, on the proverbial playoff bubble, um, and you're bringing NBA talent into it. So this has just been this has been the best NBA experience we've had in a decade. And that's not exaggerating since, you know, the, since that Ron Artest shot, you know, put that dagger into our hearts in the Western conference finals, we haven't had anything like this. And this, I mean, this ride has been amazing. So yeah, thank you NBA. And thank you sons for showing up and giving a shit. Evan. Uh, just, I want to give a shout out to Andrew Lezis on Twitter. Cause he's been speaking all this into existence. Like every time <laughs> like, I've, just every game like this today i remember it when we started off slow he says sons are going to go on a run and we went on like a 9-0 run and just he's been speaking all this into existence but i want to give a shout out to cameron payne javon carter and kelly Oubre for being an amazing cheerleader i like that <laughs> i like that paul what are you looking forward to <laughs> um i'm just gonna stay quiet and enjoy the ride <laughs> I was hoping he would say something else, but you know what? Actually, you know, I like that. I like that. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, Paul, that's a great point. Enjoy the ride. Look, Wherever we haven't it mentioned ends, this. It's this is the first than... five-game winning streak the Suns have had since 2015. Evan was Ooh. six at that time. Six. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, was in, like, I think I figured out I was in fifth grade then. Oh, my God, oh, dude. Like, <laughs> You weren't that far off, Justin. <laughs> Dude, he's six years older than my oldest kid. Like, think about that. Man, I hope, hey, by the way, I'm going to give a shout out to Evan. I hope my my 10-year-old is as cool as you when she's 16. Okay? <laughs> I just I just hope. I just Thank hope. Thank you, man. She's also the one that came out and was like, hey, dad, I'm wearing a sun shirt so I can sit in the living room with you while the sun's game's on, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's now a rule in the house because you just... Speaking of speaking things into existence, did that. It wasn't a rule before, but I like where your head's at. So, yeah, but we just got to, as Suns fans, man, we just got to enjoy this ride. Like, this is the most success we've seen in a long time, literally a decade. And it's fun. It's so fun. It is, it, it is the, it's March Madness and it's success for the Suns. It's phenomenal, man. It's, it, it, this has been, the past week has been such an awesome experience as a Suns fan. And we have to enjoy that. Whether they make the playoffs or not, we know they're going to. But if they don't, if something weird happens and they don't, we've seen the growth that this team has the chance to make. And we've seen it in an offseason. And we can just expect that to continue. We've got a coach that's going to lead this team. We've got a superstar that's going to lead this team. We've got the players that this team needs. And we've got the GM that's going to build a team that can win here in Phoenix again. 
And that's what this city deserves. And we're going to have- got the it. owner that's going to screw it all up. Hey, you know what? Fuck you, Paul. Robert Sarver is a goddamn angel, okay? <laughs> you, hey, you know what? When, 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 somebody comes, when somebody comes to the Suns and is like, you know, really the deal, the deal for me, the deal maker was that fantastic new practice facility. Book your tour at you project201.com. Oh, yeah. Have you guys heard about this? <laughs> I haven't. It's not like okay, every they, commercial they, break. They, they, should, they should probably plug it a little bit more because there's not quite enough out there. All right. So on that, on that note. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for uh, Lindsay because like all she gets to do now is just basically be a walking commercial instead of actually talking about real basketball you know i kind of wonder too like they have that whole thing set up in that little building next to the arena have they always owned that that's a whole different question but we're not going to talk about that because we're going to wrap up this episode so we're going to wrap up this episode of fanning the flames bubble suns are five and oh everything is clicking enjoy the ride love it be optimistic because this is the podcast of optimism so i'm not going to tell you anything else this bubble ain't popping this bubble ain't popping. Ooh, Paul, I like that. And we here at Fanning the Flames always appreciate you guys listening. Hey, Evan, Shar, Johnny, appreciate you guys being on with us. It's fun. Always, always fun having more people involved. Um, Paul, they can find us where? Love you, man. Oh, thanks. I love you too. At So Says Jay. That's me. Paul? I was offering it up to you to Say mine at Dervish of Whirl, and the pod is at at Fan the Flames NBA. <laughs> and as we always say, oh 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 oh, Bravo! What what what? Was it only words legal? Oh, wrong. Only pop. words legal. <laughs> only wrong. And were you about until, to flash us, Justin? Until next time, <laughs> shut it, Paul. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Straight cash, homie!